what do we do when the world's in crisis? Because right now, the world is in crisis. The world, right? The globe is in crisis. And the current name of the crisis is the COVID-19, other known as the coronavirus. And that virus has caused a panic. That virus has caused fear. That virus can cause anxiety. I mean, I, I went to get some groceries this week at Costco because that's where I do most of my grocery shopping. On my day off this week, I got up early after Patty took the girls to school. I went, I got in line at, at Costco to be able to go inside and, 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 and so on and so forth. And just to see humanity freaking out over all these things. I, I got there at about 8.15, Costco opens at 10. I was like, you know what, let me just get there early. This place has been insane. You know, just got there early. I was about the third person in line, second or third person in line. So I get there. I'm talking to this lady next to me, and there was a lot of elderly folk that were there as well, and some of them by themselves. And as people started getting there, they just started jumping to get to the front. And, and I think Patty took a picture of it. There was probably about 100 and some odd people with shopping carts ready to run inside the door. The manager came out at one point and said, I want to give you guys the status of what's going on here at the store. We, we don't have Clorox wipes. We don't have Lysol. We don't have this. We don't have the other. And we only have 30 packages of toilet paper. I don't know what people are doing with all the toilet paper, all right? You know, like if you go to like a bridal shower, uh, they do the thing where you make a wedding dress out of toilet paper. I don't know if people are doing a lot of that at home or, you know, I don't know if what's going on. But people are buying toilet paper like crazy. So it's like, I only got 30 packages of toilet paper. So we got tickets and we're going to give out tickets. And I'm going to give them to the people who were here, you know, first or whatever. And so he came to the front and, and I got one. And, and then I'm, I'm, I'm always observing. And Patty always tells me, you know, because she's like, don't get into any fights. Not that I'm going to get into a fist fight, but like, I, I stand for what's right. So there's a couple of old ladies that people are like literally jumping over to get. And I'm like, I'm telling them, I was like, hey, that lady was here when I got here, you know, make sure, you know, whatever. I'm there trying to do this stuff. There was a little lady. I put two shopping carts and held her. I was like, listen, stand here. I'm holding the carts because people were just shoving and all this craziness. I had somebody offer me $20 for my package of toilet paper that I had not paid for yet. I mean, they were offering me 20 bucks to be able to then buy it themselves. They were gonna spend $40, almost a dollar, a roll of toilet paper. People are fearful. So how do we respond as the church to a crisis? See, I can't tell you something I have always done with my kids since they were little. When they fall down, I always run up to them and I'm like, you're safe. You're okay. Do you know why I do that? Because especially when they're little, they don't know how to respond to a pain, right? They, something hurts, they are going to cry. But they look to our face to see how we react and they will make a, as big or as small of a deal of the situation as we're making of it. If you're freaking out, your children are going to do what? Freak out. So how does the church respond to a crisis 
by helping people understand that we need to be at peace because of our eyes being on God and not the situation. Can I tell you that the world has faced crisis like this time and time again? And can I tell you that other crises will arise, other problems will come, but our peace is not on a doctor who can make a vaccine, our peace is on the King of Kings who created us and formed us, and we need to propel and show that to the people around us that we are at peace because God is at peace. So why do I worry if God's not worried? So what does the Bible tell us? Well, 2 Timothy, I want you to go there to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. This is a verse that we have all read at different points and heard it, but 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7, it says this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So that tells me fear does not come from God. Fear does not come from God. God gives us peace. Fear makes you panic, flee, and run. And we're not called to walk in fear. We are called to be wise. And we're going to break that down a little bit as far as that wisdom versus fear. Because it's, it, it, I want you to figure, figuratively look at it as there being a very long rope or road, Okay? in which it's very easy for you to jump into fear. You're straddling a line between fear and wisdom. Fear says, lock yourself somewhere. Don't even open a window to crack the air in. Wisdom says, hey, if it's somewhere I don't need to be at, let me not go. Same way that if there was a hurricane, you don't sit outside. Can I tell you one of the craziest things I remember seeing during a hurricane? This is way back when. This is before my wife and I were, even, I don't think we were even dating yet. Uh, we, there was a hurricane. I remember which one it was. Um, and, and, and we're sitting there. The wind is blowing, all this stuff. And uh, I, I had an, well, I still have it. My mom lives in that apartment now, but um, by the golf course, the Mikasuki golf course there off of 137th, right? We're, we're by there. And at one point, I look out the window, and on the golf course, there was a guy sitting on top of one of like the little hills in a Superman outfit. I can't make this stuff up. I got a blurry picture of it somewhere. I don't remember. I got to find where that picture is. And this guy was sitting there at whatever hole is in front of my house, okay, or my apartment, and he's sitting there like this. I think at one point he was standing like this, and it was windy. The wind was, was flapping his cape and all stuff. That guy is an idiot. Because in the middle of a hurricane, 
he was standing outside. I'm not afraid. No, you're not afraid, but you ain't wise either. Because those are the extremes, right? Walking in wisdom does not mean a super faith. Walking in fear doesn't necessarily mean a lack of faith. The question in wisdom and fear is where's our eye? Where are we looking upon? So God says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but of power. Let's talk about power. In that scripture, the word power is the very same word, dunamis, which is used in the book of Acts when Jesus says that the spirit will come upon you and give you power. Dunamis is where we get the word dynamite from. What does dynamite do? Blow stuff up. All right? Dynamite is used in mining to blast holes where you can't get to in a normal way. Dynamite is used to bring down a structure that needs to be destroyed. Dynamite brings a power that changes after it is introduced. So God has given us power through the Holy Spirit. That power gives us a courage and an assurance, which is what in, then brings peace. Power. It says he's given us love. The word love there is the word agape. We've talked about it in time past that there's different words for love in the scripture. Scripture. I don't know what scripture is. In the scripture, there is phileo, which is a brotherly love. There is eros, which is that romantic, erotic love, like a husband and wife. And there is agape, which is an unconditional love. And the word here, where it uses it, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, dunamis power, causes a change. Love, something that you will act not expecting anything in return. Many people love conditionally. Have you ever met anybody that loves conditionally? I'll give you this, but that means I get a say in that. That's a condition. Unconditional love says I'm going to give this to you expecting nothing in return. So how can the body of Christ respond in a time of crisis with power and with love, right? With love, helping people that can't help themselves. I'll give you more examples of that day that we were there at the store with all the crazy people throwing things and trying. I'm, I'm telling you, we wouldn't leave our cart alone. There was, uh, uh, Patty went to one section of Costco to start getting some stuff because, you know, listen, it's, wisdom says you do prepare, I know the stores are crazy, and I know Samantha still uses diapers, and the last thing I need is for the government to say, hey, we want everybody to stay within their homes, so there was a thing, and I run out of diapers, right? Like, that'd be a problem. Back to the days of using, you know, a t-shirt to wrap them and having to put it in the washing machine. Not fun! People ask all the time, what did people do before diapers? That's what they did. 
okay? So we bought wiper, uh, wipers. We bought diapers. We didn't need wiper blades. We, we bought diapers. You know, we bought baby wipes and, and, and the different things like that. And I went to the back to get some of the other things we needed, a bottle of water or whatever, because we drink water. And in that process, I'm there seeing one of these little old ladies that was in the front of the store, and she's, she's there, and she's trying to get something, and, and, and she, she's trying to, and I'm like, ma'am, are, you know, are, are you okay in Spanish, are, you know, Tafieng or whatever? And she's like, I, I need to get that, but I can't get in there, and I don't want to leave the cart, because then people are going to take stuff. People were taking stuff out of the carts, out of other people's carts. I'm telling you, somebody offered me $20 for the right to buy my toilet paper. So I told the lady, I was like, listen, Stay here with your cart and mine. Okay. Take care of mine too. And what do you need from that? No, I need to be able to wash my clothes. I need Tide. I was like, all right, I'll go get to the Tide for you. So I went over there and I grabbed the Tide. I wasn't expecting anything back. I might never see that lady again in my life. But you showed her unconditional love. And you can do that with your neighbors right now. You can do that with your coworkers right now. You can do that with the people around you. Anybody that you encounter, you can show them that you've got control. You can show them the love. And then it says that he gives you a sound mind. Right? Power, love, and a sound mind. Safe thinking. That's what the sound mind means. Can I tell you what we need to stop doing? Watching all the news. I think more people are buying toilet paper because the news keeps showing that there ain't no toilet paper. And as we hear the media talking about there's not this, there's not that, there's not the other, there's not that, and it, it creates this continued panic. I mean, I've, I've been there, guys. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I ain't perfect. I ain't Jesus, right? I've been there. Like, I, you see people grabbing stuff. I ain't never, I don't think I've ever bought Clorox in my life for, unless I was having a specific project or something. I saw people grabbing the box of Clorox. I was like, hey, might as well take one too, just in case. <laughs> as a matter of fact, the limit was two, so I grabbed two boxes. <laughs> two boxes of Clorox. Because the limit was two. Now, as I grabbed the two boxes and put them in my cart, I'm walking and I ran into one of the other old ladies that I had seen and she was trying to get to the back and she's like, is there Clorox? I was like, there was only like 15 boxes there. Ain't nowhere you're, so I was like, here, take this one. So I gave it up. Cause I, uh, I didn't need it. I was getting it cause everybody was grabbing it. <laughs> right? Pa donde va Vicente? Pa donde va la gente? Right? Like, you know, like, you, you. <laughs> For my gringo friends that don't speak the heavenly language of Spanish, it's basically saying, monkey see, monkey do. What, what I just said in Spanish. Sound mind. Rational thinking. We've got to guard our minds. Philippians tells you to think about what is good, what is pure, what is true, what is noble, what has a good report. If there's any virtue in it, meditate or think on these things. And you know what the next verse says? And the peace of God, will that's a past understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. So when do we have this peace? We have this peace when we're meditating on the good, the pure, the noble. 
Look at what Isaiah 43 says. If you jump to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2. This is God talking through Isaiah to the children of Israel. It says, But now thus says the Lord, Who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel? Now, who knows the best usage of something? The person who created it. So God says, listen to me, because I created you, I formed you. And then he gives a command to them, fear not. Everybody say that, fear not. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. What does it mean to redeem, to purchase, to pay for? I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overtake you. Verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you. Pastor, that's Old Testament. Yes, it is. Can I break it down for you? Watch, God says to them, fear not, I'm with you. Fear not, I have redeemed you. He's talking to Israel specifically about redeeming them from the slavery that they were in in Egypt. How does it apply to us? Guys, Jesus has redeemed us by dying on the cross. So God says, fear not, I have redeemed you through the blood of my son Jesus. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. What did Jesus say in the New Testament? He said, in the world you will have tribulations, but have peace, I've overcome the world. Can I tell you something? Before coronavirus, we have had H1N1, or known as the swine flu. We've had SARS. We've had all kinds of different pandemics. And, and, and two years ago, it was the Zika. Don't go to Wynwood if you're pregnant because you get, might get bit by a mosquito and get Zika. There's always been something. And next year, there'll be a different one. So God is saying, when you're passing through that water, fear not. I'm with you. That peace in the midst of a crisis is what the church needs to show. Now listen, we're having service in our sanctuary today, and we're also having it online, right? Now, some churches had to cancel service. Why? Well, our government officials asked. Avoid gatherings of over 250 people. If we had a sanctuary space that fit that, we would have obeyed what the government asked and had only online. And if this week they say, everybody, please stay home, next week you'll only join us online because we're going to be obedient. We're also going to be wise. Last week, we installed those hand sanitizer stations out there. Every week, we clean every doorknob and handle and all the different things. This week, we did it before service. We did it after Spanish service. In between service, every single one of the seats you're sitting on got Clorox wiped again. 
We ask the greeters today, hey, you're the ones that open and close the door so people don't have to touch touch points. That's wisdom, not fear. You know what else wisdom says? If you're sick, stay home. Right? If my daughter has a temperature of 99, that's not even a fever, you know what? I don't send her to school. Why? Well, I need her to rest and get better. And I don't need anybody else in her class developing what she might have. That's wisdom. Do you know what they're saying is the best thing to do to avoid getting this thing? Watch this. I mean, they have developed this amazing technique. Wash your hands. Sing the ABC, right? It's what they say. It's about 20 seconds. You get the soap, you get the water just in case. I mean, I go to all these bathrooms and everybody's got to think, this is how you wash your hands. <laughs> Happy birthday is one option or the alphabet is the other. And you get there and you're like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, B, you know, whatever. You wash your hands. <laughs> watch this, watch this. If you're coughing or sneezing, Cover. I mean, you can even make it cool and make it a dab. <laughs> Isn't that what we're always told? Can I tell you that this whole idea of a quarantine was not just developed? I challenge you to read the books of the law, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, and you will see that when God gave the law through Moses to the children of Israel, when they were even out in the wilderness, it actually says specifically, when somebody is found to have, what, and it says that describes different things, have them be outside of the camp for 14 days. This two-week self-imposed quarantine of your feeling ill ain't the latest invention from the CDC. It was actually God who said, when somebody's ill, be apart for 14 days. Deal with your illness and don't give it to anybody else. That's wisdom. Physically, how do we respond to some of this stuff? Yeah, wash your hands, cover yourself. Think of age. Spiritually, how do we respond to it? Church, we need to pursue God more. Keeping our eyes on him. Matthew chapter 6. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry. Another word for the word worry here can be used is don't be anxious. Do not be anxious or worried about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So which of you, by worrying, can add a cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory was arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, 
or you of little faith. This little faith here is not a size, it is a wavering faith. And then he says, therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. And here it is. Here's the instruction from Jesus. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Spiritually, how do we respond to this? We seek God. We spend time in prayer. We spend time in worship. We spend time in the reading of the word. Your kids are not going to school this week because of the fact that schools are closed. Use this time in the morning to spend some time with them in worship or prayer, to read some scripture and talk about it. Seek first the kingdom of God. He's going to take care of everything else. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. In other words, don't worry about the virus that's going to spring forth next year. Pastor, how can you say such a thing? Every year the flu is different. Do you know why this is coronavirus 19? Because there's been others. Because the coronavirus is the shape. It is a type of virus. This is a different deviation of it. And every year, there are mutations to the different virus and flus. Why is every year there is a different flu shot that is developed? So don't worry about it. Do not worry about tomorrow. It's going to bring its own troubles. But you know what the answer tomorrow and today is? Fix your eyes on Jesus. In the book of Numbers, we see an instance when the children of Israel were murmuring and complaining and all of this stuff, and God actually allowed these fiery serpents to go through the congregation of Israel, and people would get bit by the serpent and they would die. And then God, Moses cried out to God, and God told Moses, build a bronze statue of a serpent and erect it on high. And anybody that gets bitten by the serpent that looks upon this statue will be healed. Can I tell you that that was a foreshadowing of us looking to the cross to receive our healing, our redemption, our salvation? Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus that's the answer. How do we respond in the midst of this crisis? We respond in this crisis by looking onto God and walking in the peace that only comes from him because our eyes are on Jesus. Psalm chapter 91 is a, is a psalm that I encourage you to read, especially during this time of crisis that people are all freaking out. Look at what it says in Psalm chapter 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. Everything else be added on. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, 
in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous coronavirus. From the perilous pestilence. Listen, this doesn't mean that some of us might not get sick. It says that God will deliver us. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. I mean, Jesus talked about in the end days, there'll be wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and all these different situations and sicknesses and disease. Guys, we're living in the end times. But through it all, don't be afraid. And look at verse 7. A thousand will fall on your left and 10,000 at your right, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. Again, making God number one, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble and I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Wisdom says, do what you're being asked. Wash your hands frequently. Disinfect. Don't go to places if you don't need to go there. I mean, don't try to go to the grocery store just to see what they have. Because that's what a lot of people do. They don't even need the toilet paper, but they're going to go see if the, ro the things are really empty. I mean, I know all the targets look the same, but I, 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 I venture to say that I've seen the same aisle picture of Target reposted by 75 different people in 75 different cities. Okay? Because it's like the same aisle number. And we know that if you go to a different store, they don't have the things in the same aisle. That's one of my biggest frustrations in life. Anybody else on that boat? Like, why can't all the publics have these things in the same places? Why can't all the places have the things in the same places? Man, as a matter of fact, I went to a different Costco the other day. Uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, I had gone to a different Costco that I don't regularly go to, and it was actually entirely flip-flopped. What my Costco has on the left, they had on the right. 
It was so confusing. Do not fear, but walk in wisdom. For fear does not come from God. From God comes power, love, and right thinking. Sound mind. In this time of crisis, seek first God. Everything else will be added on. Show love to your neighbors. This is the time when people are receptive. So when your coworker's freaking out, tell them, hey, do you mind if I pray with you? Pastor, I don't know how to pray. Watch, guys. Very simple. God, we look to you. And in the midst of this virus, help us walk in peace. In Jesus' name. Keep your eyes on God. And whatever is affecting you and causing you to walk in fear, eliminate it. If you're getting anxiety because of all the news forecasts, turn off the news. If you're walking in anxiety because on social media everybody's posting all the different things and everybody's politicizing this thing, right? Like I saw a post the other day, you know, just talking about one of the politicians who, who wants a socialist type of environment or whatever. It's like, oh, if these things are empty now, wait to see if this guy wins. That's how everything's going to be. Dude, come on, man. Get off. This, this, this. Get off of that. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because that's how we respond to crisis. We respond to crisis with Christ in us, our eyes fixed on Him, walking in wisdom, but not walking into the line of fear. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. <laughs>